for joining us for another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And today we are joined by sex expert extraordinaire, Sunny Megatron. She is a sex educator and pleasure advocate, as well as the star and executive producer of Sex with Sunny Megatron on Showtime. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So I know we did a little bio for you, but maybe you could tell us a little more about yourself for listeners out there who aren't as big of fans of yours as we already are. Oh, okay. Well, I, as you said, I'm a sexuality and kink educator, and I'm probably most widely known for hosting and pretty much creating my TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron on Showtime. Um, but I am a pleasure-based sex and kink educator, and I live what I teach. So in my personal life, I actually am kinky. I engage in all sorts of BDSM activities. I travel around the country um, with my husband. We actually teach together as a team often, which offers a really interesting perspective. And we travel around teaching adults about all of the things that they wish they learned before they jumped into bed blind, which I think we all do when we first jump into bed. That's amazing to give a couple's perspective. And can you tell us a little bit more about what it means to be a pleasure advocate? Uh, To be a pleasure advocate means I advocate for people to be their, their authentic selves, which means in order to be your authentic self, You have to know what you want. Mm -hmm. You have to know what you like. You have to know what you don't want. And I grew up as a woman and we have our own unique set of circumstances when it comes to sexuality. Our sexual agency is oftentimes taken away from us. We're not really allowed to be sexual beings just for ourselves. We're Mm -hmm. objectified by other people. We're people pleasers. We do things for others. So it's really important for all people, no matter your gender, to figure out what you want and then to go out and get it in a healthy, consensual manner without shame. And so do you feel like you've more focus or is this equal? Do you feel like you focus more on helping people figure out what they want? Because definitely you help once they figure it out, they come to you and they can learn how to how to get those things. But that initial like kind of figuring out, like, is this something that I'm interested in, like owning up like with your own shame or stigma about, you know, some sort of kink that you feel like you might be interested in or some sort of taboo sex thing like do you help with that or do you have tips for how people can can acknowledge that within themselves? Uh, A bit of both. If I, you know, looking at what I do from a business perspective, if you look at who's my demographic, who am I teaching? Mm -hmm. They are the kink curious people, even though, yes, I do teach very advanced kink classes with some like out there stuff to the general public. The kink curious folks are at the point of, I feel, think I am interested in kinky stuff, but I don't know what I need to do some self soul searching. I need to learn to communicate with my partner and then I need to start to learn the actual technique. So it's kind of a little bit of a little bit of everything. That's awesome. Well, in our in our first episode that we did, we talked a lot about how when we were we talked about masturbation and it was like when we were younger, um, how curious and kind of in touch before the shame we were with our own pleasure um, and being someone who does so many amazing videos, which we've watched about sex toys. What do you think is your favorite? I guess 
household or any other kind of item that's not used necessarily for sex, but that you've kind of helped repurpose as fun, sexy? Um, well, if it's something that's in the here and now, I'm an advocate of the inexpensive drugstore $5 electric toothbrush. Oh, yeah. oh, we talked about that on our very yeah. first episode. If you're a broke college student, if you, you know, you're on a budget or you're just curious and you're like, I just want to see if I like vibrating things, go get one of those. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a, a great, great. <laughs> or so the way you said great made me feel how great it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when I was younger, however, I grew up in the 80s and we didn't have, you know, sex toy stores and vibrators. They weren't household items. We didn't talk about them. So we repurposed things like, you know, still now we have the Hitachi magic wand that everybody still loves. But back then it was <laughs> the back. It massager. was grandma's back massager. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And <laughs> my mother, when I was mm, maybe 13, came home one day and this was okay, math, maybe 1984. She came home one day with a, an electric nail buffing kit. Oh my gosh. And it's this little vibrating thing that's like, nah. and she's like, well, you know, you're getting older. You're starting to experiment with makeup and nail polish. I know. Like- <laughs> yeah. And I was like, thanks mom. And I fucked that thing like for years. Yeah. Like, that's so, that's, that's the, so interesting. Was that the first one you used or the first yes. quote unquote sex toy? Yes. Yes. And I, I mean, I looked at it right away and I knew what I, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I was doing my nails and I accidentally said the minute I set eyes on it, I was like, my mom just accidentally bought me my first vibrator and she has no idea. <laughs> Thanks, so you mom. were very much a sex toy expert kind of from birth because I spent a lot of time watching your many YouTube videos on your wonderful channel. And, you know, the the way you review them is just this wealth of knowledge and just like awareness of yourself and your body and other bodies. And it's amazing. So how do you think you became kind of the sex toy expert? You know, it's, I went out and looked for what I wasn't getting and in life, just in general, when it comes to things that we're not comfortable with talking about, People don't give details. I noticed this when I had my first child at 24. I was pregnant. I was reading all of the what to expect when you're expecting mm-hmm. books. And, <laughs> it's perfectly normal. Know, or what's the other one called? Yeah, yeah. And and it was people would say, oh, well, it hurts a lot. But once you look into your baby's eyes, all of that suffering will be worth it. Like nobody said, told me details. And like then you're going to shit everywhere. <laughs> exactly. All of these horrible things happen. I mean, yes, I, it was still worth it in the end. But all of these horrible things happened that the books didn't tell me. So at that <laughs> point, I sort of became the pregnancy version of my sex toy expert self for all of my other friends who were getting pregnant. I'd be like, no. The books don't tell you exactly (laughs) what happens. So I sort of applied that same rationale to sexuality, to sex toys. People, I wasn't finding people that were really digging deep and giving real valid experiences. Were you nervous about under about that undertaking or were you just like confident that it was going to be fine and you were comfortable talking about this stuff? Um, I was nervous not so much talking about it. I was nervous being myself talking about it. 
Um, so hence, you know, Megatron, not my given name. Which uh, would be awesome <laughs> if it was. Right, exactly. It would. I Sometimes I joke around and I'm like, well, originally, you know, my family came over from Ireland. Ireland. They were the Omegatrons, but they dropped the O and Island, <laughs> you know, and eventually. I would believe that, that honestly. Joking. Yeah. <laughs> like we're trying to sound American. What sounds American? Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I was nervous being myself because I had a corporate background. I had a, you know, quote unquote, squeaky clean uh, Internet image. I don't know, whatever that means. And I was very nervous about publicly suddenly becoming the sex lady if mm-hmm. it didn't work out. And I had to go back to working a nine to five. Mm-hmm. But was I nervous about sharing my personal experiences? No, not really. Was there was there ever a moment when you were like, uh oh, am I doing the right thing? Or has once you started, it's just been going ever since? You know, not really. Now that I think about it, maybe that's some weird cosmic destiny. I don't know. I love it. Not not so much. I mean, I have kids, so it was a little, you know, how much do my kids know when and is it going to somehow interfere with their lives if their friends parents find out what I do and now my kids my youngest is 15 my oldest is 22 and everything's been great like you know it never caused a problem but I did wonder through the years if you know it would cause a snag in their lives it hasn't for other people out there who either are sex educators or want to become ones or at least consider themselves you know sexually savvy yeah, sexually savvy how would you recommend talking to your kids about what you do as a sex educator um i i kept it very age appropriate and when it comes to talking to your kids about sex it's hard to give um a general rule that applies to everybody because one five-year-old could be at a different place mentally than an, another five-year-old all kids are different So, um, I would say talk to them. It's hard to judge what's age appropriate if you're nervous talking about sex anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just like any kind of learning about sex or whatever, I always say, sit with yourself first, get comfortable with yourself. So even as a parent, get comfortable with saying the words and talking to your kid without being, you know, like, oh my God. And really sit back and think about what can my child understand Mm -hmm. and in what language do I need to use? And it's important if you don't freak out, they're not going to freak out. Do you have any funny stories about talking to your kids about sex? I'm just curious. I I do, actually. (laughs) Please share with us. (laughs) My oldest, this is really funny. My oldest, who's now, she's almost about to turn 22. And she was learning about sex. I want to say in fourth or fifth grade, they started talking about it at school and they sent home the letter. So I'm like, you know, I should probably talk to her before the teachers get a hold of her because I haven't had very good experiences with schools teaching sex ed. So I sat her down and she was one of those kids that was kind of naive, not very curious, never really asked questions. So we never had much of a conversation. So I sat her down, gave her the birds and the bees talk. It went really well. We had very in-depth conversations. I felt really good about it. And then at the end, I realized she was kind of a naive kid that didn't ask questions. Mm -hmm. She still believed in Santa. 
I'm like, I just mean told her not everything real? about sex and she still believes in Santa. And she went to go walk away. And I was like, oh, Sid, come back. By the way, Santa's not real either. Oh, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a dildo and fall. Santa's not real. <laughs> oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. That's, that's I figured hilarious. I'd just slow her mind all in one night. What did oh, yeah. she say? It's like, it's like, you're not a kid anymore. Welcome to adulthood. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, well, we're yeah. Jewish, but what did she say? I, at that point, she was just like, whoa, her mind was so blown. And she kind of was like, really? Really? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, I kind of thought so. But then I thought, you know, I had to be wrong. And Santa had to be real. Oh, like, so sad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think she was more shocked about about um, Santa than, you know, your little sister was born because a, a boy put their penis in me, you know? <laughs> like, that was like, well, Santa's really important. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're so clearly so comfortable talking about sex, which is so wonderful. And sometimes so clearly talking about it with children and, and your partner and everyone in the world, but for some people it can be really challenging to broach new sexual topics, even with your romantic partner. And yeah. so because you're such an expert on, you know, sex toys, we were wondering um, if it's something that, you know, you're personally interested in, but you've never kind of broached the topic with your partner. How do you think, what do you think is the best practice for kind of saying to your partner, I kind of want to introduce these sex toys in, into our life? Well, there's a couple different ways. And again, it's very situational and depends on personalities. I love right now that we live in what I call the future and that we have the Internet because you can always use the excuse. You know, I was just on the Internet clicking on different YouTube videos <laughs> and I happened to stumble upon this video or this article. And, you know, there was this couple and they used this sex toy. And you can kind of blame it on someone else instead of being you like, know, I've had this latent desire my whole life and I want to explore it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So using someone else as your scapegoat, you know, as, as the why you had the idea. So That's I saw this video that Sunny Megatron did reviewing this like sex toy and it just seemed really fun so what do you think babe <laughs> yeah well i think exactly. what's what's tough so easy what's tough it's is when i'm sunny yeah when i've worked with couples and things is that a lot of times and I, I don't want to stereotype but it's often the the male if there is a male in the relationship and they say well oh you know well we don't need i don't need I'm a enough. sex toy or like i'm enough right. or that the sex toy is sort of an offense to their to their performance and so what i wonder how we can help educate and also sort of change that stigma about, you know, talking to couples yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I often do find that when bringing up sex toys is a problem, it is usually in a heterosexual relationship and it's usually the man mm. who feels threatened. And, you know, one of the things to think about when, you know, just talking and thinking about it, a sex toy doesn't replace your partner. It it's, upgrades. I'm just kidding. It, <laughs> I didn't know it doesn't upgrade, but it is um, it's a tool. It's not a replacement. So, for instance, sometimes if you want to go somewhere, you walk. Sometimes you drive a, a car. Sometimes you ride a bike. You're you're still getting there. You're just getting there in different ways. If you're gardening in the garden, you might dig in the soil with your hands one day. You might use one of those little tools or get a day. jackhammer <laughs> exactly exactly you might use a double-ended dildo you know? so <laughs> good for gardening multi-purpose so, 
Exactly. So looking at it as a tool, another strategy that I've um, employed in the situation where it's a heterosexual couple and it's the man that's nervous, start out with something for him first. So I don't know if you're familiar with the Tanga makes Tanga eggs. Oh, yeah. Masturbatory sleeves. So let's say for people out there who don't know what those are. Can you tell us what Tanga eggs are? Uh, Tanga egg is um, I'm not even sure what material it's made of, but it's a very stretchy um, masturbatory sleeve. So you stick lube in it, you stick it over the dick and you use it to jerk off. Is it like a flashlight? Yeah, like a small like pocket version and it's almost like it's like a, a like it's it's not thick like a flashlight it's almost like a a stretchy membrane so when oh. you're pulling it over the penis you can actually put your mouth over the top of it and they can feel you blowing through it whoa so it could be like like sticking your penis in a vagina and also getting blown double double exactly. mouth vagina what? combination if you've ever oh wow yes. that's like better than a God, pizza hut taco bell combination oh i know so what you can do is you can take this thing and you can use it you know start giving him a hand job with it then maybe blow over it be like you know what that was fun i still love you i'm not threatened by this little thing um you know, when he starts to like it or try it a few times, then maybe move on to something else. Then maybe it's usually, again, I'm stereotyping, but when it's a heterosexual couple and the man is nervous, it's they're usually the most nervous about things that resemble penises, things that might be bigger than they are. Mm-hmm. So then maybe move on to uh, an external vibrator, like a clit vibrator. Yeah. Again, use it on the penis and the, use it on both partners and slowly transition your way up to more quote unquote threatening sex toys. I had, that a, might be I had a friend whose uh, who's boyfriend put little mini pictures of himself on all of her vibrators. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I don't mind that. I like that. Well, what if you want to think about something or someone else? Well, you just don't look at the picture. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I had another person, another sex educator say one time that instead of seeing, you know, sex toys as something that is like an offense to your penis or whatever parts you have, um, that it's like instead sex toys are the best wingman or wing person. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like Absolutely. That. Yeah. I like that a lot, too. Just sort of helping you get it in. Exactly. And it's great for, you know, sometimes I'm sorry. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I, I do like to be a lazy lover. <laughs> yeah, seriously, don't we all? But I think but I think that like makes so much sense. Like sometimes, you know, it can be like um, sometimes for your for you to have an orgasm with your partner and you're helping your partner get you to orgasm, it can be like really physically exhausting for them. And so like sometimes. And so I think it's great to be able to have another recourse to say, oh, babe, yeah, call is, your, a friend. is your hand feeling tired? Like use this. Yeah. I'm just looking out for you and your hand. Yeah, I don't want you to get carpal tunnel. <laughs> totally, totally. And I, I really think a lot of this stems back to education and openness. It, It is a fact that on average, people with vaginas take much longer to reach orgasm. It's not the fault of the person who's helping them have an orgasm. It's just the way it usually is. Mm-hmm. So if there are things that we all just learn to accept as it's got nothing to do with you. It's just the way our bodies are designed. We'll feel more comfortable 
working with what we have to make everybody have as much fun as they can without being threatened by what tools we're using. That's such a great point you made. And you you mentioned the importance of education. And I was watching a bajillion of your videos in preparation for meeting you. And one of my <laughs> personal favorite tips that I learned from you is sometimes a vibrator will work if you put the batteries in the wrong way, but at like an eighth of the power and you don't realize that the batteries are in the wrong way. <laughs> yes. And so you're just like, what is this shitty vibrator? <laughs> so that's my personal yes. favorite tip that I learned from you. But I'm wondering if you have any kind of like, what are your top, you know, maybe two or three things? that you just wish people knew about sex, about kink, about toys, about anything like that to, to really help frame the conversation about education, about things people want and need? Well, you know, that again, that goes back to education. And we can't get proper sexual education, A, if we're too nervous to talk about these things and we're giggling and you know, having sex negative attitudes and that whole thing. Secondly, if we don't have access to the education, I live in a big city where you can go down to different sex toy stores and take classes. And some of them are free that you teach. If you live. Exactly. If you live out, you know, in the middle of Nebraska, next to a cornfield, you're not going to have that. Or like in Alabama, where apparently sex toys are illegal. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So it it all boils down to education and access to education. Once people really know how their bodies work, how their body's partner works, that if something is going, quote unquote, wrong with that, that's a whole nother concept we can deconstruct, that it's not their fault. It's not because they're doing something wrong. Um, That really applies to everything, having that education and then being able to communicate with your partner after you have that solid foundation is key and kink, sex, masturbation, whatever. It's it. So not to get anyone in Alabama in trouble with the law, but maybe for people who can't access some of this stuff, but who have things like Snapchat and YouTube, how can they maybe get some of these facts and strategies? Oh, so for uh, like if you if you want to look at what I'm doing on Snapchat and YouTube, you can find me it's just Sunny Megatron on YouTube, Sunny underscore Megatron on Snapchat. Are you doing and Snapchat now? I am doing Snapchat. These amazing I'm, Snap stories. I'm so excited. I watched the one Actually, on cock no, and ball torture. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah, I'm giving little mini lessons on Snapchat and I'm really enjoying it. It's a little ridiculous how much I'm enjoying it. Um, what kind of? Res- um, oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. And if you find me on those places, you know, for instance, YouTube, you find me along the side. You see other related videos. You're going to find videos from other educators. And then you can fall into like a sex head, a sex ed Internet tornado. And then five hours later, you know everything. <laughs> so sex ed Internet tornado. That sounds like a fun Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's so I think one like for me personally, which one of the like most mind blowing things that I learned um, about sex relatively recently, probably within the last maybe year or two was just uh, like all. And you talk about this in your videos, like the internal clitoris, I think, is just such an important thing to like tell the world because like people think that it's just the little nub that sticks out. And there's just so much more. And I just wish everybody yeah, it's knew a big that. deal. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yes. I honestly wish that everybody in the world that either has a vagina 
or plays with vaginas or might play with a vagina at some point in their lives, it would be mandatory that they would take a vaginal anatomy and pleasure class because it is truly mind blowing when you learn how everything is put together and how it's constructed. And yeah, it's, it's, it's life changing. Yeah. You know, sexual sex life changing. So for those mm-hmm. scholars out there listening, as well as the sluts, um, go Google clitoris or 3d clitoris model and look at this. And then maybe Sunny, you could tell us a little bit about the anatomy of the clitoris, a little quick, lesson just while people are looking at that so they can understand what we're talking about it's amazing it's like okay phone so yes um the what we think of as the clitoris what we call the clitoris is that little little bean that is the the man in the the canoe whatever people say yeah they say the man in the canoe anything in a canoe it's a woman in a canoe i know i know right Um, So that is really the tip of the iceberg. The average clitoris is, you know, three by some accounts could be up to seven inches long, most of which is inside. I think that's a little on the big side. That's like, I don't know, a porn size. Madame Maxine's clitoris. Yeah. (laughs) From Harry Potter. (laughs) is a seven incher. (laughs) I'm thinking probably three to four is probably more of the average. But um and that's like average penis size, though, four to five, you know, exactly. And interestingly, gosh, it's like very similar. With, right. People with vaginas actually have the same amount of erectile tissue that a penis does. When we are in utero, in utero before we're developing our genitals, whether it's a penis or a vagina, at one point all look the same. And then if it's going to become a vagina, everything kind of moves and goes to one place. And if it's going to become a penis, it goes to another Um, But with the vagina, our erectile tissue is separated into different areas. And unlike the penis, it's not outside the body. So you need to have a map of where to go, what to pleasure, how to um, engorge and arouse all of those areas. And it can be quite a different and pleasurable experience once you do start engaging those other areas of the vulva and vagina. And how do you engage them? Because it's the clitoris is like the little person in the canoe, the non, non non-gender non, conforming person in the canoe, non-forcing the binary <laughs> upon the person in the canoe at the top, and then it has two legs kind of that come down around the opening of the vagina, right around the vaginal opening, right. and so right. you can kind of feel it and stimulate it because right behind like the labia majora, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the outer lips. And some, I don't know what you think, Sunny, but some people even say that the the G-spot is actually an extension of the clitoris because of the parts that it stimulates on the inside. Right. And we don't know that for sure. Our sound engineer is just shaking her head. She's She's like, like, yep, yep, yep. (laughs) We haven't. We haven't scientifically proven that for sure one way or the other, whether it's its own thing or whether it's part of the clitoral structure. I personally believe it's part of the clitoral structure. But long story short, we could debate that all day. What really matters is, do we know how to make it feel good? Amen. (laughs) Exactly. So how, so, okay. How do we know? What do you know? What do you think about how to make that part of your body feel good? Different for every person. All sorts of different things you can do. Yes. And it is different for every person. And, you know, when I teach sex classes, it's not, you know, step A, do this. Step B, do that. I give a portfolio of different 
things you can use, different things that then might inspire you to create your own little, you know, techniques or or moves or that sounds very like, I don't know, Cosmo magazine, but um, that you can do. And you need to figure out with the individual with that you're with what feels good in what order, in what combination. Uh So. There is a technique called the pussy hug. I believe it was <gasps> yeah. originally, yeah. yes, Alice it was originally uh-huh. um, in, invented or coined a term by sex educator Midori. And I know sex nerd Sandra also talks about it a lot. And it's basically just putting the flat hand over the vulva and just kind of leaving it there until it gets sort of warm. So then maybe doing just a little bit of moving, just a little tiny bit. And it's amazing what that pressure and warmth will do to that area of the body. Incredible. And sex educator uh, Reed Mahalko and Allison Moon talk about the the inverted Vulcan. So it's like the, yes. you know, the Star Trek symbol where you separate those like two fingers and have that v-shape and kind of turn it upside down mm-hmm. on the vulva so that two fingers are kind of on each side of labia and you can kind of yes. put pressure do little pinches that's a, yes. that's a good one too little vulcan so Vul- i've been told vulvar vulcan squeezes vulvar yes. vulcan squeezes is the adjective yeah. for vulva vulvar i think so i'm not sure i've been I, saying it. i think so but it just sounds weird coming vulvar out of my mouth. exploration <laughs> yeah Um, But another one, and I need to coin like a fun little term for whatever this move is. Um, But it's if you were to put your hands, I'm trying to describe it here. We're trying to do it. Put your hands in front of you, just like that. Yeah, with the palms out. Okay. And put your thumbs together. Palms out. No, thumbs, thumbs facing forward. Thumbs kind of the long way back to back. No. Yes, yes, yes. Like that. Okay. So thumbs go inside. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm not doing it, but I'm imagining it. And boy, it's great. So thumbs go inside the vagina and the the palms of the hands are now kind of doing a pussy hug. And the thumbs are pushing outward against the walls of the vagina, kind of rubbing up and down. Oh, my God. Sunny, this is called the Megatron. Yes. Oh, okay. It does kind of look like a transformer with your hands. Okay, so everyone out there who wants to do the Megatron, (laughs) she's saying you put your... So if you put your thumbnails forward and together the palms of your hands facing out. So those two thumbs go inside of the vagina and the rest of your hands kind of cup the outside. So you can kind of rub on the inside. The mons pubis, the labia, the sides of the clitoris, on top of the clitoris. It's great. Wow. And the inside. The mega, everybody do the Megatron. Separate the thumbs. So you're pulling against the outer walls yeah. of the vagina kind of spreading it open because that and that's how you're accessing the internal clitoris mm-hmm. yes oh and it's really a woman you do. it's really great to do while you're performing cunnilingus and licking the clit <laughs> i just got so excited thinking yes. about that <laughs> well, well we gotta go yeah <laughs> actually we do I'll have a later. we do have a few more minutes <laughs> yeah um so i guess we'll just have to te- tease it along a little longer wait i want to get back to the snapchat stuff that you were talking about yeah. um so you're super present on snapchat and on youtube and um i know nicoletta experiences this because she's also like a sexual sex educator presence on the internet and I don't know, maybe you could share some weird stories that you've gotten because you're a sex educator on the internet and we're curious about your experiences as well. Well, because of what we talk about, and I think the point of our podcast is that people often assume that because of the content and things that we're talking about, that they can sort of send us whatever they'd like. 
Um, so what have you faced in the realm of unsolicited dick pics? Um, uh, yeah, I get a ton. Well, it, it, are they unsolicited or are you okay with oh, it? They are very unsolicited. <laughs> um, I will get them occasionally. I would, you know, here and there until I joined Snapchat, there is like a dick epidemic, epidemic, <laughs> dick epidemic. A word an there. epidemic. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> It is really rampant on Snapchat. So I would just, you know, get dick after dick after dick after dick what after dick fuck? after dick. It was insane. So I... A cockatopia. <laughs> you know, we're expected a lot of people... I would start complaining on Snapchat. Like, wow, all these people are sending me dicks. And I get private messages um, from people saying well, this is what you need to do. Just ignore them and block. Don't give them the attention. Don't feed into that energy. And I'm like, you know, we are expected to just take it, to be, you know, bonked over the head by dick pics all day or to be cat called on the street. Boys or to will be, be boys. Fuck that shit. Or whatever it is. And just suck it up and turn the other cheek and ignore it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of it. It's a proven fact, or at least, you know, anecdotally from my life experience, it's a proven fact that once we start talking about stuff, that's mm -hmm. how things change. Things can't change unless you start talking about them. And a lot of people don't realize how often some people get dick pics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like kind of the metaphor of like just telling you to block it, like it's on you to block dick pics as opposed exactly. to the onus being on people to not send unwanted dick pics. It's the same thing as like it's on you to ignore cat calls. It's, uh, you know, it's on you to not wear revealing clothes. No, it's on people to be respectful of other people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I know being a sexuality educator adds a, another layer of complication Definitely. to it. I, I not only get unsolicited dick pics, I get a lot of heartfelt stories, confessions, realizations from people about their sex lives, or I've never told anyone this, but this is my detailed fantasy. And it's great that they are voicing that to someone for the first time. Mm -hmm. But I am now the person that is non-consensually being uh, showered with everyone's deep, heavy emotions and stories oh and feelings and having to hold emotional space for that. When I'm, you know, going about my day, getting a cup of coffee, I click on a Facebook message and it's this long, like, let me tell you about my whole life. And, oh, and I'm, it's, it's really a difficult place to be in because I don't want to be like, stop telling me, you know, about your, your revelations. How do you, <laughs> you know, how do you respond to that? Having a sexual epiphany. How do you make the um, boundary while still being sex positive? I guess it's, it's difficult because sometimes when you look at it just from a logistic point of view, I don't have the time to respond to all messages. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and, but then I feel really bad that I'm not responding, but then this is my job. And if I did this for free all day, I'd live in a cardboard box on the corner. So yeah, this is so also your livelihood. Say, exactly. Sometimes I'm like, wow, you know, I give them some sort of acknowledgement just not, to not be an asshole and say, Hey, I do coaching sessions. Here's my hourly rate. Here's my information. And usually then they just kind of fade off, but there isn't a great way to handle mm. it, but it's, it's, you know, something that people don't think of when 
and this could be in any part of life. It's not just me because I'm a sexuality educator. But when you come to someone and you just lay on their lap all of your heavy emotional shit without warning, without, hey, can I unload this on you? That's a lot you know, to so take in. Vessels can crack. It really, it really is. So, yeah, that just turned went from like dicks to emotional things but that's, that's just, <laughs> no the whole point for is some people that, dicks are emotional things but also really fundamentally down fundamentally comes down to the issue of consent like yes, whether it's yes. unloading you know your emotional bare soul to someone or your emotional bare like Cock. dick like right you right. gotta ask <laughs> you gotta check right. in with the other person and make sure they're okay so what assumptions do you feel like people have about you because of the work that you do well, I feel that they think I'm a hypersexual person, so mm. and that I want to be objectified. I think objectification is very misunderstood in our society. Um, objectification, you know, some people say objectification is bad. Never objectify women. Oh, it's horrible, horrible. Objectification can be hot. It can be great. It could fuel some great sex fantasies. But what people don't get is when you are objectifying someone, oh, again, you can't help what's happening inside your head. You can't help your sexual thoughts, but you can help when you express them to somebody else. Right. That's under your control. Mm -hmm. So when you say, hey, that picture of you is really hot. I masturbated to it last night. Uh, you know, <sighs> fine. You can masturbate to my picture. Uh, you know, it's a free country. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> Once you cross the line and tell me that this is a problem. You can objectify me if you have my consent to objectify me. Yeah. I, I am not an object until we've established that relationship with each other or established consent that, hey, I like this sort of attention. I like to be objectified. Yes. Tell me about it. It's hot. If I haven't done that, don't objectify me. Yeah. It's like when we went turtle um, racing, consensual objectification. Mm -hmm. I had yeah. someone recently send me one um, in my private messages and it, the first one just said, hey, girl, do you like Pringles? And I was like. Well, yes, I do. What do you what, what do you mean? <laughs> Should have seen it coming. Um, and then the next pick was, you know, his dick next to a Pringle can. And they were a very similar size and girth. And I mean, yes, I was very impressive in some ways. But I was also like, well, just out of nowhere, like, what the fuck is this? And then it's like a pitch. That's an evolved, determined pitch <laughs> that he has. But from wow. that to like. A, you like sex? Or this other guy said, when you're ready for a big black dick, hit me up and sent his phone number. So I, I wasn't ready for one, but I, I posted it on my page and said, if anyone else is ready for one, this guy's <laughs> looking for candidates. Awesome. Yeah. And I've been doing that, too. I've been taking a picture of their snap code on Snapchat. I've been doing um, a little kind of segment, Dick's the Musical. Oh. So every time I get a dick pic, I like sing a song like, you know, I got a dick today or, you know, I make up some little musical song. And we would love and to hear I, one if you can. Oh, I, you know, I have some, I think on Facebook, like I just kind of make them up <laughs> off the cuff. I'm like, looking right now. <laughs> I don't the know. Musical. Like cats. I yeah. Cats. And we both love cats. Yeah. I... I'm just every time I get a dick, I tell everyone and I, I share the person's snap code. I also have been doing dick pic art because, you know, someone's like, you should just share their dick pic. I'm like, yeah, but just because they violated my consent doesn't mean I want to violate theirs yeah. or violate other people's eyeballs who are now I'm, un, you know, giving an unsolicited dick pic to. Right. So I've been or a collage using of the them. drawing tool. Right. I've been using the drawing tool and drawing really cute, like, you know, G rated pictures over their penises. 
So like I made one Darth Vader. <laughs> I can't just wait to, to look these up. Yeah, so just funny. to show just to show that you know, cuz I think a lot of people who have dicks don't realize what a problem this is and there's something in seeing and I still do give, you know, a warning like even though what you're going to see isn't graphic, it still kind of is because you still see like it's a guy sitting on his couch and you see his bare knees and his hairy legs. And then there's like a really badly drawn Darth Vader or ear of corn That's or so something. Funny. So um, with so with your consent, we would love to share one of your share one of your the musical videos. videos. I just found one. Oh, good. Okay. I'm going to play it. OK. I Oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> Motherfucker, you are blocked. That's amazing. You are a fountain of creativity and badassery. Yeah, you know, I I have often considered myself an edutainer. If I were to just sit there and like bitch like a crabby old lady, nobody would listen to me. But if I make it funny and humorous, people are getting entertained and they're absorbing very valuable social and sexual information without even realizing they are. So I guess that's that's the method to my madness is humor. Mm -hmm. Well, you have very much entertained us and hopefully all you listeners out there have been entertained. Um, unfortunately, we have to wrap it up for today, but we hope that you liked this episode of Sluts and Scholars. So please comment, subscribe, let us know what you think. And for people out there who want to contact you, Sunny, or follow what you do. How or can fall into a sex education tornado on YouTube. Yes, yes I am on every single bit of social media you can probably think of except snapchat i'm at tag sunny s-u-n-n-y megatron just like how it sounds but on snapchat i'm sunny underscore megatron and yeah then who's you can that find person who's just sunny megatron i added them by accident I, it wasn't I think you it was i think it was me like two <laughs> years ago when i was trying to figure out snapchat and then <laughs> And I couldn't remember the password. I think it really is me. Okay. The person you want is Sunny underscore Megatron for all those great snap stories. Exactly. Or just SunnyMegatron.com. You can find everything just straight from my website, too. Oh, my gosh. Well, Sunny, thank you so much for joining us on Sluts and Scholars. It was a very educating, informative, and entertaining time talking to you. Well, thank you. I had a great time. Thank you both. Awesome. Thank you so much. We know it's super hard to wait for our next episode. So in the meantime, please subscribe, comment, and review Sluts and Scholars on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. We'll see you next time. Bye.